Welcome to Raising Up Cops, the podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture. I'm Laura, here with Madonna, my co-host. Hi, nice to be here again. And before we start, we just wanted to apologize for any issues with sound during this episode. Our usual podcast platform was not functioning, so to keep on schedule, we tried a different one, and we are hoping for the best. Our question for this week, moving on, is... What do you do in your home with the December 25th, January 7th Christmas split? And what do you tell your kids about it? And Laura, I'm particularly curious about what you do because, you know, you are married to a priest. And so I'm very curious about what happens there. Yeah, it's actually a blessing for me, I think, that there is this split between December 25th and January 7th, because for us, January 7th has to be about the entire church community and not about what I or, you know, personal preference or anything like that. It is about the seventh for us has to be about celebrating with our entire church family that we love so much and we adore them. And so then the the 25th ends up being uh, more of the family time. That's when we have vacations from school. That's when... Uh, We have the opportunity for my parents to come visit us or for us to go visit my parents up north. And so for us, it gives us an opportunity to have that special family time while also maintaining the seventh as our, you know, faithful religious holiday. And the the kids do stay home on the seventh, Um, but we don't because the seventh is like a weekday. There's no big church event that day. It just ends up being our our small, you know, like nuclear family time. But we definitely open gifts on the 25th. We meet with as many friends as we can with family, the wider family. We try to celebrate as much as possible, you know, with fast restrictions and all that. We will have a big fish feast. But uh, otherwise, the seventh is all about the good food and the, the good holy time with the Lord and with the church. What about you, Madonna? What do you guys do? Uh, well, currently, I'm very jealous that you, <laughs> things have kind of been decided for you with the split. Um, I have to say, so my kids are five and three, and they're already pretty confused because they get like four Christmases, right? They, We see my in-laws for one day. We see my parents for one day. And then when we come back home from traveling, we have our Christmas together. It's just our nuclear family in our house. Um, and then, of course, there's the day that they go to church. So there really is so many things happening. So for them, they start, they're celebrating an entire season. There's not like a single day for anything. It's just however the dates come up. Um, but this year is the first year that my daughter really asked a question about why we do Christmas differently than um, her friends at school. And I tried. I tried to explain as much as a five-year-old can understand the truth about the calendar and the changing and all that stuff. Um, and she seemed to understand it. And honestly, she didn't really seem to care about what the difference was. She just was curious. It was a question. It was a fleeting question. Um, But growing up in my home, we used to do the 25th was our, we'd wake up uh, on the morning and we would do presents. We would have our big breakfast and we would do like family competitions the whole day. And then on the seventh was when we would wear our new outfits for church and we would get ready. And my mom would be like cooking in the kitchen for our big feast. And we would go to church that day and we would get our, um, Adeya, right? The little, which uh, for those who are only speaking English, it's like the um, traditional like envelope of money that you get for every holiday or for some people, it's just the Christmas or some people, it's just the new year um, that your parents are just giving you a little something to start the year with. And that's pretty much how it is in our house. <laughs> yeah, actually, we got a lot of reader responses that involved the idea, which I realize, you know, I don't do for my kids at all. Yeah, they get um, 
So Ardea comes from Eid, which means feast. So it's like the gift of the feast. And so this kind of like the Chinese New Year red envelope thing. So the kids get these envelopes full of cash, which is always wonderful. But for my kids, they really only get them from their grandparents. But it seems that a lot of people are continuing that tradition themselves too, giving their own idea to the kids. I don't even know how to start that with my kids because I feel like right now they don't really understand the concept of money. We gave them a piggy bank for their birthdays and and I until now find coins all over the floor. <laughs> so we're not really big on that part quite yet, but I'm sure the time will come where I will want to continue that tradition. And there's a lot of really cool traditions that people had um, thanks to all of your contributions and responses that we got from Instagram and on Facebook. Laura, do you want to share some of like your favorites that people told us about? Yeah. So some people were talking about how they make December 25th sort of a day about St. Nicholas or about Santa Claus, depending on how they celebrated, that it was the day about gift giving and about sort of preparing the way for the Lord. Uh, They were talking, they called uh, December 25th, the fun Christmas, which I think we (laughs) kind of uh, discussed a little bit. That's the day of like presents and running around and, um, fun little traditions that families do. Another person described it as being more intimate. It's the more intimate Christmas that's just for their family and it's a, like a private sort of time to celebrate. Um, another person who uh, doesn't have children yet but was saying uh, that they go to services at other denominations that day. They take advantage of the fact that it's that the Christmases are split to go visit other churches, to pray with others, to sort of um, to, uh, the word would be just to celebrate with other people, you know, to, to kind of um, bring their hearts closer to others in their community. For example, one year she went to the uh, Catholic service in, in Newton, Connecticut after the school shooting there to sort of grieve with the families and pray uh, for them all together. So I felt like this was kind of a beautiful thought that we could also, you know, it doesn't have to be that we shut God out of the December 25th celebration, you know? That's amazing. I think that there's actually a lot of common themes between our Coptic community about how they split the two days. And it seems like a lot of people reserve like the 25th for like the family day and the seventh being for like the church day. This is when you go and you, you know, celebrate um, in liturgy. Um, but I saw a couple of really other really cool traditions. So um one woman was writing about how she actually gets a letter from Santa um, that she gives to each of her kids and it's giving an outline of the year and it Santa telling them the true meaning of Christmas and why they celebrate and it ends the letter with a special blessing for each kid for the year ahead. And when they do start giving um, gifts that day, they will pray as a family first and then do that. So they're, they're tying in the Santa and the Jesus aspect really well together. I thought that was so innovative and, and a great way to keep the spirit of the season with the joy, you know, of the, the, the wonder of Santa, like some, you know, so many people enjoy. Another thing, so just kind of like you were saying about, you know, people wanting the 25th to be about St. Nicholas, um, somebody else was saying that they they spend the 25th as their service day to, in honor of St. Nicholas, talking about how St. Nicholas um, was charitable and he gave to those in need. So they'll prepare bags or meals and, you know, they'll adopt a family. Um, and even though his, fist, his feast is on the 6th, they'll just use the 25th to celebrate his charity because everybody's off and there's so many needs and shelters and things like that, which I thought was such a sweet idea. Um, 
And one of another favorite answer I have was so simple. And she was just saying that um, she tells her kids the truth about the calendar being different. And her kids don't feel like it's weird because they recognize that a lot of what they do as Coptic is just different. And it's not just on Christmas. It's just like a way of their life has always been different in many ways, not just about this specifically. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting having read through all of the responses, how comfortable we all are with the December 25th, January 7th split. We are all, we've all built new traditions around it that make it very normal and very um, sweet and wonderful. You know, I, I know We the Cops offers a nativity advent calendar, which is this um, beautiful sort of way to mark the days between the 25th and the 7th. Uh, and I'll put the link in our show notes. But I think we just, we've grown to sort of love and appreciate the difference or the, the gift of having two days to celebrate the birth yes. of Christ. It's definitely a gift. And there's so many ways that you can acknowledge the different days because in the end, and as somebody um, mentioned, we don't really know the exact date of Christ's birth. And so they're all commemorative and it's not, and they're celebrating the same thing. The 25th and the 7th is absolutely celebrating the incarnation of Christ. Um, so it doesn't matter too much, you know, as long as you're keeping the tradition of, of celebrating the birth of, of Christ. Um, and what somebody else was saying that they split the presents equally between the two so that it's still commemorated, commemorative for both. And, um, you know, and they kind of make it a history lesson that way. Nobody really knows. It's just the idea of, of us celebrating the birth of Christ, which was so sweet. And then, um, Laura, have you ever heard of the Jesse tree tradition? I'm ashamed to say that I just learned about this after reading this person's comment. No, yes. I Someone told me about it for our conversation last week about, um, about Elf on the Shelf. They were saying they prefer Jesse Tree, but I didn't go into a lot of detail. Tell me more about it. Okay. I, I mean, I'm so embarrassed that I had to look this up, but um, I'm hoping somebody else out there didn't know what this was either. But this person was saying that they celebrate from December 14th to January 7th, they do the Jesse Tree, which is basically a selection of passages from the Bible of each day of Advent, and it depicts Jesus's family tree. And the reason for this is basically to see how God had prepared for Jesus to be born throughout the many generations. And I thought that was such a great way to tie in the traditions and understanding how God's laid out everything for us from before we get there, you know, and, and it was such a good lesson and it's a good thing to remember. And when I was looking online just to learn about this more, there's so many kits out there and so many um, things that you can do. They have like little ornaments for each day of the passage that you read and you like put it up on your tree. And um, man, I just, once I read that, I was like, I really want to get into that. It was very cool. I feel like that's something that is especially relevant this year with uh, COVID-19 sort of ruining our traditional plans and all the things that we normally do. We are looking for more ways to uh, mark the days and um, take part in Advent just on a very like at home level, right? Besides our church services, besides praises, which are being affected by shutdowns across the country. So mm. all of those things that we normally do, even for us, the nativity service, I'm not sure for the first time in years that I'm going to be able to go to the nativity service because we have limited capacity and so on. So this idea of finding ways to read the passages, to engage with scripture, um, to read the story of the birth of Christ, of the um, family tree of Christ through the Jesse tree, all of these things are so beautiful and so needed this year, I think, especially. 
And I think it's kind of a reminder of, I mean, I remember like Holy Week this year, everyone was so devastated. We weren't going to be able to go to church. We weren't going to be able to attend our services that we all have known to grow and, and love. But it ended up being so amazing. I, I saw so many people's pictures and videos of things that they did with their kids. And the church came to life in their home um, because everyone was at home. And I think that there's so much possibility with it happening that way this way for Christmas too. And I know a lot of people are upset for not being able to see their families the way that they normally do or, you know, have the big feast that they, they used to have. But there's so much that can be done in our home. And I was really impressed with a lot of people's answers about what they do. And I did like, I know you mentioned that um, one friend goes to a, a, the Catholic service or goes to a different service on the 25th, but um, somebody mentioned something similar. They go to the Syrian church on the 25th, which they are in communion with us, um, but they celebrate on the 25th. So it's probably really cool to teach the kids about that and to see a different um, church and how they celebrate. I'm not sure that would work this year, but it is a cool idea to keep in mind when maybe when the kids are a little older and can understand um, about the churches we're in communion with and, and such. Um, and I also like the people that said that they, the 25th is naturally off. So they make it a point to take the seventh off. Usually, um, you know, you go to church the sixth at night um, and then the seventh morning you wake up and some people go to school and some people go to work, but no, they like to keep it um, a holy day as well and just take that day off. Have, were, did you guys traditionally take that day off too, obviously, right? Yes, absolutely. So in our family, from the very beginning, um, dad would write a note to the principal and a wrote note to the teacher and say, this day is a holiday for us. <laughs> we will not be coming to school. It's a very easy note. And most schools, yes, even public schools are very, very understanding. Um, yeah. And so you, you just write a little note. You just say, I'm going to be, I have an excused absence that day because we are taking it off for a holy day. And I think for kids, especially, this really marks the day. You know, if you sort of let it go by without giving them that day off and that special time with family, even if you don't have any big plans that day, just being off from school tells them is sort of like a, a marker for them mm -hmm. in their memory that this day is really important. It is important. It's not just something we're going to let slip by. I mean, I remember my parents used to write a note, but then I remember when how how monumental it was when the church with the church letterhead gave out a um, a generalized please excuse the student from this day because it is our traditional holiday. I thought that was so cool. I was like, look at me, I'm so official now. Like we get an actual day, and I remember the very first time. And I will not forget this, Laura. The very first time that I went to. Um, school on the eighth after we had taken the seventh off and it was like in middle school or something and I had taken the note to my uh, principal and she was like uh no we had kind of already celebrated Christmas and I got to go off and tell her all this stuff about how we celebrate on the seventh and she was fascinated by it so if anything it is a chance for a little bit more evangelism a little bit more of you know highlighting the story of the cops you know like just hey we celebrate on the seventh and it's cool it's a great way to start conversations with your friends in middle school and high school too. Like, hey, why weren't you at school yesterday? Oh, well, let me tell you what I was doing, yeah. you know? And I think, especially with all our amazing food, it is a feast after all. <laughs> you it can really make your is. friends very jealous. <laughs> it really is. I And I can honestly say that I never disliked having the two Christmases. It may have been a little awkward in my early years trying to explain it when I didn't understand it fully myself. 
But I think we're in a really cool situation that we've been, um, you know, in America long enough that we could pass that tradition on to our kids without it being weird. It's just like our normal now, like you were saying, we've normalized it so much. The only thing though, for me, that hurts a little bit is that whenever there are American cultural holidays, we are always still fasting. So I never get my mother's macarona bechamel, like never, because we are always fasting when we have days off. So that does, that is just a little bit of a pinch there. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, there is, there is that logistical concern of being off and having to take off. It's very different for sure. Yeah. So uh, I really love what you said about the, the person who was saying that they serve on the 25th and they find ways to serve. And I know this year, especially, it's very hard to serve. But I remember when, you know, I was reading Putting Joy into Practice by Tosoni uh, Phoebe farag And Phoebe was saying that one of her chapters about hospitality, which is not my strong suit, but she was talking about opening your home up to others, to welcoming others in. And I was reading in Isaiah. So Isaiah 58, 7 is our verse for today about the fasts to the Lord. And the Lord said, is it not, is, my, is, a, is a fast, not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. And when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. This idea that let's use these opportunities, these uh, days off, these fasting times, these small feasts to be more hospitable to those who are in more need than us. And maybe this year it's especially hard with COVID. You're maybe not going to be able to invite anybody over, or maybe uh, there's going to be like logistical issues to going to serve at a soup kitchen or something like that. But maybe there's an elderly neighbor that you can take a dish to, or maybe there's a way to, uh, to serve others and to be one body of Christ and to take care of those who are poor or hungry or in need that still um, maintains all the safety rules. I mean, giving to a food bank, for example, does not require you to break any COVID regulations. So this idea that maybe we need to be paying more attention to the service side. I I love that. And I have to say, like, I've always kind of protected the 25th because it was a time when we were off. It was always just kind of like our, our family time. It was a time that we spent together truly because nobody had anything else to do. Like their businesses were closed and schools, there was no homework, you know? Um, And, and one of my friends just recently reached out to us, like literally two days ago saying that she was reading in a newsletter that there's a shelter um, who didn't have anybody to cook for them for Christmas day. So they were needing people to volunteer to cook meals for 35 people, um, which is a steep number. I'll be honest. When she told me that, that scared me, that number scared me, but God bless her heart because she found a way to make it work. And she's going to make it work with family members that they would cook this meal for 35 people for the shelter. And maybe that's just another blessing of having the two Christmases. You know, if we honor the day of the seventh as the, you know, sixth night we go to church and the seventh you take off, you can have all the celebrations there and the 25th can still be the day, which, cause we live in America is a joyous, you know, day for them. We could probably find a way to serve. Like you said, there's probably, you know, a little uh, more challenges this year with doing that, but just something to keep in mind in the future. I have always protected that time, but I'm really, wanting to think outside of ourselves now how how do I um, engage with community more and and again we're celebrating the same thing so how do I bring Jesus to them how do I bring God closer to them and this is one of those ways so I love that verse Laura I love that it's saying you know the feast is to you know shelter the homeless or feed the hungry 
Absolutely. I think that, you know, as you said, it's a unique opportunity, a unique situation that we have with the 25th and the 7th. And I think there's, we've learned a lot of ways in this, um, through asking this question of our listeners, we've learned a lot of ways to celebrate and make the most of it. We don't have to take on all the ideas. So nobody feel pressure to do everything we talked about or anything like that. No one's looking, but just um, hoping to get the wheels turning for ways you can create beautiful traditions for your family. Absolutely. And I actually um, really enjoyed just coming up with these ideas because I've always wanted to look at figuring out a new tradition with my kids because we live away from my parents and from my in-laws. And so um, there's got to be something unique to our family to pass on. And I've always been trying to figure it out. So thank you. Thank you for um, all these contributions and ideas. And I hope that our listeners kind of figured out something that they wanted to try or um, just wanted to keep their own traditions going because they're good ones. They really are. So speaking of little Christmas and big Christmas of the 25th and the 7th, we are going to be taking the next two weeks off to celebrate with our families. And so we don't have next week's question because there is no next week. We will let you know on Facebook and Instagram about uh, what the next question will be and how to answer. So what was the date of our next recording, Madonna? It was actually going to be January 6th. (laughs) So feast day. (laughs) Perfect. So we'll try to record early and then we'll get to cooking, right, Madonna? Yes, absolutely. We need to get started on that day. (laughs) All right. You can always reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at CopticLaura or, of course, on our website, raisingupcops.com. Raising Up Copts is a podcast hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lewindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Church or its hierarchy. These are purely our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, please email raisingupcopts at gmail.com or post on the Coptic Dad and Mom Parenting Community on Facebook. Thank you all so much, and we will talk to you January 6th.